Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Oh, I'm so happy that <laughs> you're doing? here. Oh, I'm back. I think my, uh, I just want to thank everybody for the thoughts, the messages, the prayers, the concern for my uh, Bell's palsy condition. I think I'm at an 80% recovery rate. That's just my unprofessional assessment. What would your assessment be? Yeah, about that. Blinking, being yeah. able to eat through a straw, drink through a straw. Yeah. All those things. All those, the little things that I missed. Just a little lispy. How's your coffee today? <laughs> Thanks for throwing Like extra, extra lispy. Thanks for throwing that in right then. Just a little lispy. Yeah, not Am totally. I? Not I like can't you tell. were when it first started. I can't tell. Like, to me, I don't sound lispy, but maybe I, maybe I do. I'll have to think about that. How's your coffee today? Terrible. It's the worst coffee ever. Why is your coffee terrible? I made it myself. Oh... You know what? I am not a professional barista, but I have done this education that, well, I didn't go to school, but YouTube is a great school. And so the first half of COVID, I was, I, I educated myself to be able to serve you better. Thank you. So I will, I apologize right now that you had to make that on your own, yeah. that you even had to feel like you had to make that That's on your own. Right. I will well, make I you just, one after this video. I just know that it gets tiresome when you always have to do things for other people. So I wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to preserve you from that fatigue. Just give me a little bit of extra yeah. gas in my tank for the later afternoon. Yes. No, I, I love serving you coffee. Because it brings a smile to your face. It does. Every time, every time I do it, you don't expect it. And I feel like every time I bring you a coffee, you just light up inside. <laughs> and you're like, oh my goodness. Like you like literally didn't expect it. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I live for those moments. <laughs> Should we do our reading? We should do our reading. Letting go of fear. Picture yourself swimming, floating peacefully down a gentle stream. All you need to do is breathe, relax, and go with the flow. Suddenly, you become conscious of your situation. Frightened, overwhelmed with what-ifs, your body tenses. You begin to thrash around, frantically looking for something to grab onto. You panic so hard you start to go under. Then you remember, you're working too hard at this. You don't need to panic. All you need to do is breathe, relax, and go with the flow. You won't drown. Panic is our great enemy. We don't need to become desperate. If overwhelming problems appear in our life, we need to stop struggling. We can tread water for a bit until our equilibrium returns. Then we can go back to floating peacefully down the gentle stream. It is our stream. It is a safe stream. Our course has been charted. All is well. Prayer for today. Today I will relax, breathe, and go with the flow. And try not to drown. <laughs> I think it's a good analogy with the water because water can be so beneficial. Like we're supposed to drink it. It's nice in a wave pool. Like, there's in a hot tub. Like, it's so, water can be so beneficial and pleasant. But then if you've ever drowned, have you ever drowned? Like, almost drowned? Have you? Do I know this? I was five. You remember that? Yeah. Well, how close I actually came to drowning is probably debatable. But my, my, we were at a hotel and my parents were sitting on the side of the hotel pool and I was swimming. And I remember I could... I went like just like I went around the side of the pool I think like to see them because they were sitting by the deep end and then I slipped 
And then I just remember going under and like I could see them and then I couldn't and then I couldn't. And you're gasping for breath, panicking. Scared, yeah. They saw me and they got me out. I have one of those. And it's not like anybody had to do chest compressions or anything like that, (laughs) but like I was really scared. Panic. And that's the thing does fear lead us into panic. And so fear is great, but I have that same, I had that same panic where I put water wings. Because I'm a boy, so I do think, you know, you're just climbing to see your parents and making eye contact. No, I'm in the shallow. I'm putting my water wings on, on your, my legs. On your legs. And instantly my legs came up and I didn't have water wings on my arms. So I'm like going under, going under. <laughs> and I can see, I can, I don't know how it ended, but apparently like, I'm you're, you're so, alive. but I remember the panic and the coming up and coming, going back down and going like, when is this going to end? So, but the. I mean, the scary thing is in this analogy is that actually drowning is very silent Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you don't actually, you don't actually know when someone's drowning. Like you won't actually, you won't even necessarily hear them. And I think that that, if it, if you're using that as an analogy, it's it's, an incredible analogy because people, people take their lives silently and addiction takes their lives usually silently and People drown in, they say, two inches of water in a bathtub. And so that's what's happening in COVID is like this fear. There is fear. Fear is a normal thing. But when we react to it and have it control our lives and we come under it, we start to panic. And and a lot of times that happens within us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's really important to talk about it. I think it's really important to acknowledge it. And even though it might not be the cool thing to do or the... You know, like the, like no one really wants to talk about their weaknesses, but I saw a friend of mine on Facebook and he talked for half an hour how he's being consumed by Mm -hmm. the anxiety, the fear, the burden, the, like, and it, it, we have to get those things out and people will come around you and, Mm -hmm. and encourage you and help you. And there is help. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big thing is that when we're in, in the panic part of it, we think that we're alone and we have to do everything ourselves. Yeah. One of the things I, one of my experiences was in early recovery, getting a sponsor. I didn't trust a man. I didn't trust somebody to go like, this is what we're going to do to get you recovered. Like we're going to make a recipe. We're going to bake a cake. Like I don't need somebody to do that with me. Um, and I don't definitely need recipes. I, I have everything I need. I have a big book. I have a Bible. I have God and I don't need some dude sitting with me and, and guiding me through the process. And after three months of recovery, I was forced to do that and I saw the benefit of it. Mm. And so just like drowning, you know, working in a rehab center and having guys with the same fear over and over again, I would say like, you know, I don't think you can be consumed by it because, you know, I would say like if you went on the Ottawa River and you fell through the ice, I've fallen through the ice. And if somebody's grabbing out their hand, you're just going to grab their hand. You're not going to be like, oh, I don't, I can't grab your hand. I don't trust you. And I understand that there's a process, but when you're drowning and dying and being consumed and you're in full panic mode, just grab the hand that's reaching towards you mm-hmm. and, and go from there. And, and, and God's going to lift you out of the water and it's going to be on his power and not your power. Because that's the thing we, we feel like we have to fix it all. I have to, you know, get back to ground zero. And, and so then I can be normal again mm, or really I can good. move forward. So those are my, my, my fear thoughts. Oh, I have one more fear analogy that I just got okay. recently because I was doing this, the work again of the 12 steps. And, um, I, I just, 
you know, while we're doing this fear grid, it's kind of like this Plinko board. Remember the Plinko and it always ends at the same spot. For me, it was like, I leave God out of it. And so I, I have this fear of not getting my needs met, but my needs have to be met by God. And so what does that look like? That, that the analogy that I saw was that in a grocery store with mom and I walk away and I go around the corner, but mom was always watching me and, and, and I'm investigating everything, putting the water wings on my legs and I get into the milk section and it's cold. And then I'm like, I've been gone for a while. Where's mom? And then I look up and it's all these strangers. And then I start to feel panicked. And then I start crying. And then mom's always been watching me because she cares and she's not going to let me get taken or hurt. Um, but instantly, I know that all of my needs are not getting met. Mm. And we all have those same needs. And as soon as I see mom, I put up the fat lip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but all of my needs are met in the mm. presence of God. And mm -hmm. so that's what um, fear is the separation from God. And so we react in fear. We, have, we react in the panic and the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so, so many times we just have to face God again and, yeah. and relieve us of the bondage of the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Hey. Good thoughts. Good thoughts for this Monday morning. Oh, Monday morning. Monday morning. Mm -hmm. All right. So we can see you every day, but we can see you on Wednesday at noon Eastern for our recovery meeting. And it's open to anybody investigating recovery, looking for recovery, in recovery, uh, a family of an addict or what, not a family of an addict, a person with an addict in their family. Um, if you want answers or community or fellowship, just join us on Wednesday at noon. And all of our connections is in the social. social. Let's see the list, eh? All right, we will see you tomorrow. Have a great afternoon. Bye, friends.